everyone, and welcome to Making It EV, the podcast about EVs. Today we have Fernsey, Jolo, and myself in the room. Hello. Hello. And this is a pretty exciting episode because it is a bit of a season wrap-up for us. One season. Wow. We've decided. 15 episodes. Yeah. Big season. I know. It's massive. It's a random number, but we felt this was a, a good a good spot to have a pause, have a think, reflect back on what's happened this year and with all these episodes. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot. There's been so much. I mean, considering the time, but I think just generally, apart from what we've learned and we've been able to share, it's actually a lot has happened just in the world of, of EVs. So it's pretty pretty impressive to look back on, on the last episodes and think about how far we've come. When did we start this? Is it November last year? So we've, we're a good six months into it in terms of 15 episodes. And yeah, I, it's gone fast. It's gone quick. Yeah. Lots to talk about. And I, feel, I still feel like we've scratched the surface in a yeah. lot of ways. Like, there's so many other areas still, still to explore. So... Yeah, it's actually interesting to think it's only been, what, six, maybe six to eight months. Mm. And we thought when we started, like, oh, Australia is really behind. Some of our early episodes were like, Australia is so behind. And now it feels like it's really just ramping up. It's yeah. There's yeah. momentum now. And, if anything, yeah, the, yeah. the tide has changed, yeah. mm. you know, and like really, like, we thought maybe it will at any time. But I think in that time period, you can really kind of definitively say, yeah, it's, it's a new world, especially in Australia. Brave new world, yeah. baby. All right. Well, we've got a few questions we want to reflect upon. I'm going to ask you guys the one of the bigger ones. What has been your biggest learning this series about EVs? My biggest learning has actually been on that exact point. The pace of change has been pretty remarkable. When we started this, we were talking about the percentage of EV sales in Australia are around 2%, and now it's 6.8%. And that number still feels low, especially in c- comparison to the rest of the world. But that's what well, that's three times where we were, and that's just a couple of months ago. And so, yeah, I think what I've learned is that people are really leaning into this and really. Uh, and we went to the fully charged show and just to see some of those crowds so engaged with some of the topics that were being discussed, like it was it was quite a really, just a really interesting thing to observe. Mm. And, and, and also when we go back to when we first saw those figures and we were like, oh gosh, like 2%, like man, like almost, it was almost a little embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, since then, I think what I've also learned about Australia in general is that kind of validation of, oh no, like what we were thinking and why we wanted to be so interested in this space is I think a lot of other people have got that same attitude and they're actually putting, you know, money where their mouth is and actually doing it, right, and totally. not talking yeah. about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was actually, yeah, really surprising and, and, and really good signal um, that I think we've, we've come so far in such a mm-hmm. short amount of time. But also in that, like, I think I've, I've also stepped – uh, like a step ahead of that, being like, oh gosh, yeah, look, it actually really is coming and it really, really is going to change quite quickly from just getting access to these EVs. But then as we learn more about all the different side effects of an EV and when you get one and all the different kind of ways you need to restructure things or what you need to buy, that the the scale of that impact on, on our lifestyles, uh, on our hip pockets first and foremost, like it was... I mean, I, was, I took a very cynical view at the beginning of like, yeah, you know, it's expensive, but so is, you know, change. But 
when you just look at the EVs alone, yeah, it's expensive, but everything else that could come with that from charging to, oh, well, let's do solar panels while we're at it and, and things like that. So um, the scale of our of that impact is huge. And then when you just start, what well, my greatest thing was talking to people, like people that have already done it, how are they structuring their life, what's changed from their point of view from going from a you know your typical one um, into um, – into actually EV life, and it was like it was it was massive, right? And, mm. and I was a little shocked to see that there's going to be a huge, huge change across across so much of our lives because of EVs. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Nina, what has been your biggest learning? Oh gosh, that's a really hard one. I think my biggest learning is the fact that you can choose how lost you want to get in the tech. And if you don't want to get lost in in it, it's okay. You can still drive it like a car. So I think a lot of people have the misconception that they need to go in knowing the manual back to front in order to operate it. And you don't, you know, I, I think a couple of people we've spoken to during the season who are experts in their field have said, some older people will come in, they'll buy an EV and they're just like, cool, how do I drive? How do I brake? How do these windows work? And th- and that's it. They don't want to know more than that until the point they maybe n- need to, but up and, until then they're fine to drive it and treat it like a car. Yeah. So I think that was that was good to know. Yeah, reassuring. Reassuring. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask another question. That was the biggest learning of the, the series, but what surprised you most about EVs? What's the thing that surprised you? Who wants to go first, Bernsey? I'll go first. I mean, the biggest one was actually getting in an EV and driving one. That The quality of the experience was better than I thought it would be. I, I mean, I, I expected it to be on par with an, an, your average car, but it, it far exceeded my expectations from all the way from just the comfort level of it and just the the quietness, the smoothness of it, the ability to craft it the way in which you want to drive. Um, but yeah, the I mean, you can't really get past that that talk of just just putting your foot down and going, right? It was mm-hmm. it was really really good, but it was fun. Like it was just more enjoyable than I thought it would be. For me, I think when we went to the fully charged show and I, I saw the diversity of cars that were EVs. So the ones they're currently making, I'm not that interested in, but the fact that there are a lot of people who'd converted older cars or really unique cars into EVs, that, that was exciting for me from an aesthetic point of view. So I think one of my favorites was the guy who got the smart car from England. So the tiny little smart car, I don't think you can buy them anymore in Australia. And he converted into an EV. It basically ended up costing the same as maybe a slightly nice ice car or really lower end EV. Mm. I thought that's great. I I could see myself driving something like that. That was the Barbie car, wasn't it? Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) It wasn't pink, but yeah, it had Barbie vibes. (laughs) And and that was was cool. I'm not, I'm just from a... I'm not a big car person, but the yeah. current style of cars that come out in yeah. terms of EVs, I'm just not drawn to them. And so it wouldn't fit my lifestyle parking in the city. But the fact that you could retrofit a smaller car, a smart car, maybe a mini, who knows, into an EV, that was really cool. Yeah. What about you, Joel? Uh, I've been stressing out about saying this term because we butch- butchered it last time and tried to say it. Regenerative braking was 
one of my, yeah, I think I said it probably. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Regenerative braking, there you go. Uh, when we test drove the Leaf, it was quite a jarring experience. Like that is a, the difference around driving a normal car to an EV. And it was something that when I experienced that, and you can turn it on and off, and I was like, there's no way I would drive a car with, with that mode on. It was just really different. But it wasn't until getting to the windy roads of down Great Ocean Road and being able to drive with just one pedal when you're, when you're going those windy things, it was so awesome, it, like the control you had because you can just put the pedal down to go faster and then obviously take it off and it will slow you down coming into the corner and then accelerate out again and it was really all it was fun it was fun isn't it like a dodgem car it's exactly like a dodgem car yeah yeah. but for adults but for adults (laughs) and i was surprised how much i enjoyed it uh so yeah thinking that there's this aspect about evs that i'm never going to lean into and just not not enjoy and then finding the right conditions to drive it was it was really cool and it's also a good thing that it can be enjoyable because it is like a it's quite impactful when it comes to like your efficiency, right? Like you're actually just because all it is regenerative braking is just leveraging the the potential power that you're going your momentum that you're doing, and you're just instead of the energy it takes to braking, they're transferring that energy into charge, yeah. right? So it's like it's fun and it's enjoyable, but it is a habit that is you know. It's quite Im- quite yeah. impactful, right? And it's kind of just like it, for me, it's like it's win-win. Yeah. What what else can you ask for? It's literally charging the battery. <laughs> and so, moving on, maybe another question to pose to the group: What is the thing that still confuses you about EVs? God, <laughs> so much. <laughs> I think. Look, I, probably the the different charging speeds and portals and way not necessarily ways of charging but i think the fact that oh if you find a spot that's the super high fast charger that'll take three hours but if you're on the average low ch- still still i'm i'm that's something when they talk about my i, I don't oh, I'm, know i am i am i'm so in that yeah. camp as well like when the charging side of things i theory i understand that that but part of my brain is just like why does this need to be so hard Mm. especially just because i think we come from a a habit of you just go and fill it up and and keep going right so that whole practice of doing that is very very straightforward when you've got a like a combustion engine but when you got this ev and all of a sudden you've got five ways you could charge you just your brain just hurts trying yeah. to plan it, trying to strategize on the best things, and I think it's that it is is quite confronting mm. and still not completely clear to me. Mm. No, what about you, Jolo? What's not clear to me is how reliable public charging and the public charging network is, and I felt like we've had different opinions shared on that from Sean, our mate in Melbourne who had the Tesla who didn't have a charger at home but seemed to go around perfectly fine and was totally cool with it. Uh, right through to, I suppose, the experience having 
getting to the Great Ocean Road and there was no public charging infrastructure on what is mm. a really common tourist route. And when like, you did your test truck, yeah. when you did your Tesla diaries, the Tesla diaries, Che Guevara, motorcycle diaries, motorcycle Tesla diaries version. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm still really confused around what it would mean to then buy one and what that reliability is or isn't. And for me, there's a bit of a fear around longer driving around Australia. And I know we talked about a bit of news in one of the episodes recently about NRMA having 107, had had been given some budget from the federal government around 117 new EV charging points across Australia. But when when are they going to? I'm like, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, big country. You know, you would probably need 50 on Great Ocean Road. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just on its own. But then on building on that, like, because I think charging is, is kind of like the main theme of the, like, I can pick up on. But talking to Martin uh, in the previous episode uh, with his perspective in Denmark, it's just, it's kind of scary because they're in the future, right? They're, they're so, like, the EVs are so much more prevalent in their everyday lives and it's, it's, it's much more of like the common car on the road. But the biggest, far and far and away, the biggest pain point of everybody is charging, especially in urban areas. So I think when you go when you go outside the urban areas, people are more reliant to charge at home, which is the kind of ideal pathway to take. But when you just look at the amount of people in urban areas that need to rely on, or their lifestyle isn't set up, so I've got a driveway and I've got a garage, and just the sheer volume of people that. A, have the appetite to use EVs where they're most practical, which is in urban environments, but the clash of the fact that if you don't have a building or if you don't live somewhere that actually caters towards that, you are reliant on public charging. And then you're also reliant on the fact that everybody else in the city is probably doing the same thing. And if you go back and you listen to that that episode with Martin, he explains that the biggest, most frustrating thing is that people have got to queue up for these charges in the cities, right? And it just seems to me like just not, just doesn't make sense that we've got this real tangible, real life experience that we can look at in 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 real time in a culture that's very similar to us and has a very similar driving culture and they've got these big problems. We're literally looking into the future. And yet, what are we doing about it? I think it's a perfect storm, right? Urban urban density is just going to increase more and more. Apartments are being built. More people exist in the world who want to live in the same areas. They need to do something about it. Quick haste. Somehow, strata laws need to be passed where you build a new building, you've got to have a charger, one or two at least. Chop, chop. Chop, chop, people. Uh, And, you know, you've mentioned that Martin episode, which was the last one a couple of times, what have been your favourite episodes? What have been your your children, your favourite children? They're all my favourite children. We love all our children, but some more than others. My two favourite, <laughs> a little bit more favourite children than the others, but they're all still my favourite. <laughs> I'd have to say the episode where you guys were talking to Seb about what to know when choosing an EV, mainly because I wasn't on it. Maybe that was why. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, this good. sounds great. Yeah, like, oh, they all sound so smart. Uh, but I think Seb Krangle, who our friend has come on a few episodes, it was just really good. And I've steered that episode towards a few people that have uh, known about we're doing the podcast and what's a good one to listen to. And I've gone, gone and listened to, mm. to that one because I, I think it was really good around covering some of the fundamentals. And I like, I learned a lot from, from just listening to that chat. 
And then from a personal perspective, my other second favorite child is the the Tesla road trip, the Tesla the um, diary. I just learned a lot um, from that experience of a few days of actually being behind the the wheel, having to charge it, the anxiety of trying to find charge points, getting to the Airbnb and having to run the cable out. It was all really practical mm, experience, yeah. um, but also like the joy of driving that car was, was really awesome. Mm. What about you, Bernsey? I mean, well, definitely kind of my highlight, if I look back on it, is when we were able to sit down and really get to know people's lifestyles that they've started to adopt beyond the purchase, right? Like, I think we're really with a population that doesn't really have a lot of EVs and we're contemplating getting one, it's really difficult to see beyond just paying for it and getting it, you know, because it's just, it's just, you know, stepping beyond the horizon. You don't really know what your life's going to be like. And so really talking to people who have gone beyond that, who've paid for it, using it and being able to offer an insight into how it's changed, but also the sheer like diversity of the people we spoke to and the different ways that they're doing it, uh, just for me really offered a, you know, quite a hopeful insight into what's to come but also uh, i guess it just threw up more questions for me you know i I was i was honestly expecting a a real kind of simplified way of doing things and the fact that there was such diversity i thought oh god it's another thing to really get your head around um so that yeah that one that one really stuck it stuck out to me and then i guess the next one was was talking to martin from denmark which ultimately just kind of validated <laughs> a lot of the worries that I was having about about the lifestyle with charging. Mm. And he really kind of put it into really sharp focus what they're experiencing over there. And for me, it just solidified the fact that we've got to, we've got to get on top of this. We've got to sort our shit out because it's, it's yeah, it's kind of like a, you mentioned before, you know, it's kind of coming up to this, you know, ultimate, kind of showdown showdown between like (laughs) hey everyone's just like get evs get evs get evs and 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 granted the market is like here are the evs like and the government's saying here's how you're gonna buy them um but beyond that horizon i I just don't feel there's as much kind of urgency around if we don't get our house in order infrastructure infrastructure we're gonna be shooting ourselves in the foot yeah and it's gonna really slow things down too Mm -hmm. nana yeah Favorite episode? I think I'm going to echo Bernsey's uh, episode. It's episode eight, I think, the one where you, Jolo, spoke to three friends or three kind of contacts that you had who had very different EV experiences. So I think Naomi in, in England and yeah. London, who was putting festival grade yeah. covers over eight 15 meter cables yeah. out of her house. And then, you know, Sean in Melbourne, just free and easy yeah. <laughs> driving around, finding charges wherever he needs them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Just, yeah, understanding that people with different lifestyles have incorporated EVs in their way and what we can learn from it. So it- I'm going to go see mm. Naomi. In oh, few are weeks. you? Yeah. Oh, great! Oh, yeah. You can ask her how her I'll take some pictures. How her cables are going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Hopefully it's improved. No falling over. There. <laughs> <laughs> no lawsuits in, uh, no lawsuit. on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not really looking forward to seeing the setup. <laughs> yeah, nice. And and well, like I mean, while we're I guess looking at the broader picture of of EVs, and now we've because we've learned so much, right? It's it's not just been about podcasts to tell people about EVs, but honestly the three of us have been on that journey about learning about them themselves. So if you were to kind of 
um, you know, think about the topic of EVs. What, what's that what's that top of mind thing that comes to your mind? What's the first thing you think of when someone says, hey, EVs, go? Government. It's like a word association yeah, test. It is. It is. <laughs> EVs, go. Um, let me explain. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of change in Australia anyway around the federal government well, there, obviously, there was a change of federal government, and with that, has really sparked um, focus, budget, conversation, awareness, and so that's really awesome support in terms of that high level. But I also think there's still this big tipping point that feels quite distant as well. Like I was reflecting on my. Strata committee meeting the other day. Oh, uh, God, that sounds like fun. Doing straight, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Worse than government, mate. Two hours. <laughs> oh, God. It was great. But I'm there talking about how we should think about an EV charger and there's just not... not Hearts and minds. Yeah, there's not yeah. a great appetite because it's change and people are kind of pretty... Ha- the most are still pretty happy about what they're mm. doing in terms of their vehicle choices and what's not and change has a cost and it's hard to do and so yeah I, I i find that still really interesting and hopefully those two worlds start people realize that the government's trying to do a positive thing and get get on behind it but it still requires people to act and yeah and, and almost like it's it's sometimes it can be a bit of the chicken and the egg and people don't really take it seriously until they see it in the headlines or they see like actual action taken and i mean the fact that there was a more formalized federal EV strategy that came out and we did a podcast about it a few episodes ago. Um, I think that's just such a great symbolic signal totally. that, that the tide is changing on that level because it's just that degree of of thinking and public, okay, here's the direction that we're going in, uh, has, it just hasn't happened for, for years and years and years. I think everyone was feeling like that there's a almost validating a lot of people's thinking is like, nah, this isn't a thing. Mm. But a lot of those things, you know, you kind of get the symbolic before you get the practical going, right? So, Bernsey, what's the one word when I say EV? What do you, <laughs> you think about <laughs> Well, I, I, don't, I honestly think that we're just not ready. Like, in terms of, um, I think we've all seen that the figures show that there's, there's the money to buy these things and that there's an appetite for it. Like, there's people really genuinely leaning into this. And it's scaling up quite quickly. Um, but I think that that's a bit of a red herring for the, the real challenge, which is, you know, not just getting it, but like the way you manage that in an ongoing capacity. So like the infrastructure, like we said before, I, I keep kind of batting that that drum, but it is, it, it, it kind of does genuinely worry me because... I've had I've had personally had conversations with people that I know and trust, and they've just flat out decided not to do it. Who I know they have the money, they are the perfect market to get it, and they'll just be like, "No, nah, I'm not doing it because they don't have charges yet. Mm. I'm not going to be that muppet sitting in a queue when everyone else is zooming past me on the freeway." Um, and it doesn't. And as as unfortunate as it is, people genuinely kind of when they go, "Oh, am I going to do this for the right reasons?" And yeah, it's financially I can do it or whatever, but. If it's not practical in their life, they're going to deprioritize it. It's, yep. it's it's a it's just a natural thing, right? It's yeah. it's the convenience is is supersedes everything, yeah. and um, yeah, just hearing the stories and and being able to kind of see that firsthand, it it, it does it 
it frustrates me quite a lot. That's the wor- That's the world's longest word answer. <laughs> <laughs> One word, Nina. One word. I'm just go. teasing. It's great. Um, oh gosh, I had it a second ago. Now I've now I've lost. Oh, education. Oh, oh um, good one. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it just comes down to educating people about what it, what it's all about. I think that fully charged show where we had so there were so many people, and what was interesting from my perspective at least looking at them, you know, people from kind of all walks of life. You know, you had young families with, like, young kids. You had maybe, you know, cool urban millennial couples in their sort of mid-30s, late-30s. You had older people, sort of boomers, maybe looking at some of the newer models. Like, it was a real diversity of people interested. And these panels were quite straightforward. You know, a lot of the panels over those two days were pretty basic around, you know, charging and, like, talking to Strata and what are the cheapest models? Like you're kind of bare bones and the crowds were insane, like heaving, just like 200 people listening to all these really basic straightforward panels, which means that people still need the basic of information, the basic level of education understand to understand what they're getting themselves into to make an informed decision. So, but don't you think like mm. when, because when we went to that show, I totally agree with that. And mm. I think people go into those shows with like blank slate. Some, yes. Yeah, some, right? And who just really, I just need to upskill here, right? And I need to figure out what's going on. But even like for myself, who'd been quite immersed in it and trying to understand it, I still walked around a lot of those stalls talking to people and looking at stuff and just going like, what? Like, wh- yeah. why is it, why is it, why does it do that? And why is it? And so I think that there's like some really great intentional things of educating, but just, I think the market itself is quite, is scrambling a lot. And that just creates a, pretty confusing landscape to navigate, right? So it only just indexes that education piece way more. But when you got people who were just kind of window shopping and, and you know, we heard it from Mun uh, in Denmark, right? He's got a lot of people that he speaks with who just like, they got sold into this great charging package that has this, this, and this. And then, you know, five years later, 90% of that is redundant now. And they're just stuck you know, they, don't, they didn't recoup their investment and like they were promised they would. And, and they're a bit like, I got, I got taken a bit. And mm. I think that's a, that's an issue I think is going to be kind of coming up more and more. But I realized that is so clear when we went to that fully charged. So. Yeah. Well, last question for today anyway, and then let's do a little wrap up after that, I reckon, because it's been a great couple of months. What are you excited about coming up? In the EV world, what makes you excited, Bernsey? I am excited by the fact that these things, these essentially massive batteries on wheels are completely going to change the way we look at energy and how we consume it, how we store it, how we maintain it, how we save it, you know, and and it, it won't be because we... Uh, well, I'd like to think we have, we have this kind of foresight to be like, we need to kind of do this because it's our planet needs us to. But I honestly think it's the opportunities that are going to emerge really rapidly around um, the ways in which you can save money or the ways in which you can essentially redesign your relationship to the energy you consume. For so long, it was just set and forget, especially in Australia where we just had so much natural resource and that the energy came from within the country, we just literally just went like, yeah, tap it in and just have it streaming. And now we're looking around going like, wow, we're really inefficient with how we do that. And there's a lot of opportunity to improve it. And 
I think if EVs are that catalyst to get people to think about it, then so be it. Let's go. If if that's going to drive us to do it better, then jump behind the wheel and let's go. I think for me, whoever solves apartment charging will own the world. Totally. That, <laughs> yeah. Own the world. That, honestly, that, that almost needs to be the highest priority yeah. because at least when we're talking about progressive city-based councils like City of Sydney, yeah. Wollara, like all those areas where we're talking apartments constantly being built, existing apartment dwellings, dense populations with money or relatively you know, middle-class to upper-middle that they need to figure that out. I mean, I live in Darlinghurst. It's just apartments around me. No one owns a house. You don't own houses in some of these areas, and we are more more likely to to look at an EV as a as a next car or first car. So someone needs to just quick smart get onto that. But the, and that dense living is not letting up. Like well, that's what I mean. It's, in Australia, it's, it's just, it's more it's just and getting more. more and more. Right. It's just the, the the amount of you know plot plots of land that are just getting dem- demolished that were once had four houses and now there's a big you know a, a big block of flats going yeah. up it's just so it's on every corner now exactly so they need to prioritize that i have a bonus question for you guys bit of a curveball it's a fun one i promise so when we started this we were all on different ev buying journeys right Joel, maybe you were the closest in terms of actually considering it, scoping out types and prices. Bernsey, maybe still early days, talking to your partner, is this something you want to do? I don't drive, so I'm way behind. (laughs) Uh, How are we on that journey after these 15 episodes and eight months? Where are you at, Joel? Are you any closer? Are you behind? Definitely still on the journey. Yeah. Uh, For me, it has been an aspect of trying to resolve home charging first and that has been a challenge I, I live in a block of 14 townhouses and so for us to install public or some kind of shared charging infrastructure needs to be supported by the other owners in, in the strata and I mentioned before but there's not a huge amount of appetite for that because they just don't really see it as a, as a thing or want to lean into that change and so there's two of us it's myself and another owner that uh, are keen and you know two or 14 so that's been the in, inhibitor for me uh, and I think the cost is also a factor and one of the things I'm actually excited about the world the EV world changing is hopefully a more prosperous and vibrant second-hand market in time because that XC40 Volvo that I think is amazing I look on car sales whatever it is there's one secondhand one in all of New Zealand. It's in Scone. And so I'm not, I'm not going to Scone to look at a secondhand Volvo. And that's just because there's just lack of the vehicles in, in Australia. And, and so it means you have to go and buy one firsthand. And it's not just about the cost, the outlay, but the time it takes to, to actually like the um, Evan, I think his name was when we spoke to him at the Fully Charged Show. He said he took it like 12 months or something for the car yeah, to turn up. Like, turn up yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, wow. Dropping like 80 grand and waiting for, for a year for this car. And so, yeah, I think the second hand, if that's, uh, I'm sort of waiting, waiting. Well, I've got to sort out the home charging first and foremost, because I think that's, that's pretty important that in my head anyway. And then uh, hopefully at that time, I, I do think I will be buying one this year though. I, I think before the end of this year, I'll, I'll be, Making that purchase. Test driving Jolla's new EV yeah, when yeah. that drops. <laughs> I'm, I think compared to when we started these episodes, I'm further back than I think than I started. So still very early days 
when I was at least hoping it was it was just a lot of hope right it was there was because there wasn't a lot of really crystal clear clarity as to what's involved in getting one which we all went on that journey discovering um more the more I learned the more further back I realized I was well for especially for what Joel was mentioning there in terms of um you know at home charging um, I know I've been able to have a lot of conversations with my partner about this because it very much is a team decision. It's not just mine. Um, and especially like having a young family, it's way more important as well because you can really see that the car has a huge impact on your lifestyle and your convenience. And yeah, it was just a, it was a no deal to say that we're just going to rely on public charging. Mm. It was, that was just a, a get it off the table kind of that was a no mm. deal wow. fact, yeah. right? Yeah. And we also live in a block of four flats, um, you know, a, an older building that is very much not set up for charging in terms of its, um, you know, electrical um, setup. You know, it was probably done back in the, probably in the seventies or something. Yeah. Um, so there's there's there wasn't only just kind of like oh let's talk about getting a an, a charger in, but then we also had to address the fact that you have to basically rewire the whole building uh, in order to do that, in, in order to even consider that. And it just it knocked that back so much more because not only do you need to argue in the case with the other, um, you know, the other owners of the building in the within the strata, you know, agreement, but you also had to, um, you know, say we're going to have to like upgrade the whole place. And people can say, yeah, you're going to have to do that anyway. But the, what I've learned from that experience is like, well, people are, people are more than happy to <laughs> push that back for as long as it takes. Yeah. You know, it's that you've really kind of got to a point where you're like, yeah, have to do it. And there's no, there's no choice in it. Do people actually decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to outlay that cost. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, and then that was quite frustrating. But then hearing about, um, just learning more about the financials of it, you know, really what it takes to purchase one, you know, even looking at how you might finance it. And then that was like, nah, that was taken off the table just because of, you know, cost of living have gone up. And, and I feel like, yeah, it's whilst, whilst the signs are good in terms of cheaper vehicles coming onto market and secondhand, I feel like just with the general climate of the economy has taken that goalpost, like just a little further afield than, than I realized or that I hoped it would be when we first started. What about you, Nina? You thinking about getting a driver's license? No? <laughs> yeah, that's well, what actually about... my next step. Yeah. It's very exciting. What about an electric scooter or something? <laughs> no. No? I'm interested in that. No, I'm actually a bit closer. Yeah? Yeah. I think that smart car, the Barbie yeah. car, really yeah. shook me. Shook me in a good way. Really? Yeah. I was like, that's this good. is really cool. You're really vibing off that I car. I love right? that car. Yeah. So for, for listeners, so if you think about, they're called smart cars. They're yeah. essentially like a little two-seater cube, yeah. ice cube, <laughs> yeah. little cube car. And I think they stopped coming into Australia around 15, who made, 2015. Is it, who Smart. Yeah, it's smart. Like it's, I think it's. A, oh, I, I don't know exactly. Somewhere in Europe, I feel. Yeah, it's European. Yeah, right? and yeah. Um, I think 2015 they stopped doing them in Australia. Right. So yeah. this guy brought it in from the UK, and I think again at the end it cost about 30k Australian with importing and retrofitting into the EV and all yeah. the cost. I thought, look, that's that's obviously not cheap. It's yeah. still cheaper than getting an EV, even the lower end, which is around 40 grand, yeah, I yeah. think. You have learned something for yeah, you. Yeah, there was. <laughs> but I think it was the the little zippiness. I just saw that fitting into my lifestyle and I can imagine the charging would be yeah. quicker because it's smaller. It's a smaller engine. Everything's 
smaller and quicker. And I'm like, that's that's great. I'm, you know, I can see, pop my little my little um, pooch in the back, yeah, totally. <laughs> little Elvis, put on my sunnies and dip, dip, off yeah, I go. Yeah. So I, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm totally closer. <laughs> I get excited because you get excited yeah. about that as a concept. And, and of all the cars there, like that really stood out. It was quite unique. And yeah. So it says like probably if you lean into it enough, there's probably something there for everyone. But yeah, it was... You don't see that from the surface. You've got to go looking. Yeah, for it. and and I think you know when I think about again because I'm just in Darlinghurst. When I think about the general demographic of the area, it's a lot of like, you know, yeah, sing, like solo living professionals or like couples. It's a, it's a big um, like gay community. So a lot of you know, um, two coupled household without kids or plans to have kids. And it's like things like that are perfect. A smart little zippy, literally smart zippy car, fit perfectly for one or two kind of household family. Uh, for for this location and uh, so many dogs, so many yeah. caboodles. It's like a caboodle, <laughs> caboodle carrier that car. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I, something something kind of needs to happen. I think there's, uh, yeah, smart need to just if they develop an EV line, I'm going to get onto the CEO of smart smart cars. They just need to get that sorted. Yeah, I reckon they can. It is, but that's a good point, eh? Yeah. Because I think with like a lot of the bigger a lot of the bigger um, you know manufacturers, yeah. they're trying to. Um, you know, obviously break into the Australian market mm. and they're trying to do like the best bets, right? They're trying mm. to do like the ones they know that will sell, yeah. sell big. And like, I think the two most, the biggest selling cars in Australia is um, like the Hilux, the Hilux, the yeah. Ute, um, and then also the Toyota, I think it was the, is it the RAV4 or the, it's like, a, it's basically just like the bigger, mm. um, you SU- know. Are they SUVs? Yeah. 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 Like just kind of like a, it's not quite a four wheel drive, but yeah. it's just like a bigger version Family of, a, of a smaller car. Kind of car, right? yeah. Um, and that, that I guess is like the atypical Australian, like broad Australian kind of appetite for cars. And they're both big cars, like they're massive cars, right? Which is the complete opposite of what you're talking about with a smart car, which is small, nimble, more practical within yep. an urban environment. Quick charging. And so it's a shame yeah. that that whilst that would be a more ideal scenario, I believe in Australia because it's a smaller car, mm. you can kind of set things up, you can learn a lot from adopting a smaller vehicle into your lifestyle faster than say just going like, the, the big bets they're making are just big cars. And it just brings a lot of like big issues with them as totally. well. Well, final thoughts, shall we? Couple, what, eight, eight months, 15 episodes? It's, it's a birth. It's a pregnancy. <laughs> it's a pregnancy. We've gone through. We're, we've gone through. We, eight we, we have birthed an EV child. We, we, so what you're saying is this, ep- this episode is like his labor. And, and, <laughs> and now, we we're, now we're all going to go to the pub. <laughs> and just, we've been <laughs> through the EV pregnancy. Yeah. How do we feel? <laughs> I mean, I feel... The little fast charger. (laughs) Hello. I I mean, I I think back to when we first, like, we had that first episode and we were saying to each other, like, one of the first things is, like, why are we doing this? You know, why why should we kind of basically put a recording device in front of us and go out and, and, you know, spend a lot of our own personal time to just, like, have calls with people, think about what we're going to talk about. And it was really so that... And Joel, you said it perfectly in that episode that if you can just kind of help, you know, one person on that journey, then it all makes it worth it because we've got to be able, we can, we can, you know, kind of usher in and, and be maybe a, a small slice of that education piece. Um, but now looking back and how the the show has grown and how we've seen um, so many listeners 
um, you know, um, get in touch with us, but then seeing them just download and listen, it just kind of makes me feel like so good and really feel like we've delivered on, on that. You know, that, that original purpose was to just like get people to, to help. And, you know, seeing more and more people listen just means it's doing something. Yeah, I agree. It's been amazing to watch the numbers and not to say that we've got thousands of listeners. We've got but, thousands. Yeah. We've got thousands. Well, technically, we do. No, we, we do, though. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're doing all right. I mean, more than I thought when we, oh, we would start. fantastic. So, yeah, so... yeah, when we boil it down, like this, we've done this from a labour of love. Obviously, this isn't about getting paid or anything, but we all wanted to learn and I think we've done that and I think we've achieved that from a personal perspective. But yeah, if we, we can sort of help the narrative, help the conversation, get people to um, think differently. I had a phone call during the week for one of my friends who another guy I hadn't seen for a while ringing me to ask me about EV stuff because he was thinking about buying one. And I suppose for, to me to be able to contribute towards someone moving closer towards that as, as their next purchase around vehicle, like that's a good thing. Hmm. And so yeah, it, it makes it makes you feel good. Yeah, you're the EV expert amongst your friends. (laughs) What is that saying, eh? (laughs) About the state of EV education. I don't own an EV. (laughs) (laughs) I just do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, how do I feel about our baby, eh? Yeah, Yeah, I think think it's been awesome. Uh, As a female, I guess, in the EV space where there's maybe not not so many at this point. Uh, You know, a lot of my, my girlfriends when I first started this were like, Oh, EVs, why <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> like, okay, I thought this is just something that's happening, right? And I want to learn more about it. And I've had, you know, these same friends listen to, to episodes of the podcast and go, oh, like that was that was actually quite interesting and they got something out of it. And I think that maybe that female perspective is still something a little bit missing, you know, in terms of uh, having that conversation a lot of these experts and people who run these EV companies, whether it's charging or selling cars or startups, are still very much male. It doesn't necessarily matter, but I think that's just something to note that maybe there is a discrepancy around women understanding that EV space. And hopefully my feminine voice has helped bring some people in who might otherwise thought, oh, not not another male podcast or talking about EV stuff. This actually sounds like three friends trying to figure out all this EV oh, stuff and right. having a laugh on the way. <laughs> hey, we have to thank one person who's sitting in the other room right now listening yep. to us ramble for the last hour. <laughs> but Anthony, who uh, is at Forbes Street Studios, has very generously supported us through this process and uh, we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be fifteen episodes deep without him. So I think a big thanks to Oh to massive. Him. Yeah, his care guidance you know, and, and like really, really great suggestions on essentially his expertise, right? In 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 not only how we can just the volumes and yeah. <laughs> just making sure we're not doing anything silly, but also um, you know the the expertise he has in the field of EVs too has been really great to feed into our own knowledge and to have someone right next to us in the other room that can that can do that. It's been it's been really really great. Yeah, hundred percent. Thanks, Anthony. Claps, claps, claps all around. Woo! And that's us, and I'm no doubt, I'm no doubt, surely, <laughs> I think we are currently planning maybe another baby, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another EV baby, it's going to take some time, yeah. you're gonna, <laughs> the conception gonna, will take some yeah, time. Yeah, you're going to recover from the first one first, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then yeah. eventually you go like, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, let's yeah, so again. we're, we're uh, you know, recovering from the late night feeds. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, for a while. But yeah, we'll be back. And thanks for listening. And again, we're still we're still alive. <laughs> so send us emails and thoughts and messages. Maybe what you want to hear in the next season. Yeah. What can we unpack for you? That's what we're here for. Burning questions. Let's do it. Thanks to our listeners. See you later. Thank you. Bye.